In this episode, we're going to be talking to you about Venus. Our hope with this is that we're going to be able to go into bringing up a few of the sort of nooks and crannies of Venus that don't get talked about enough. This is not something you're going to find in an intro to astrology book. This is each of us sharing the insights that we have gleaned from years of not only studying and reading about astrology, but also tracking in this, these patterns as we see them in people, society, culture, and energies itself. So we're going to try and get a little off the map. We're going to try and dig deep into our multidimensional, bold-ass selves and just be really real with you all about some of the stuff that we've noticed about Venus. My journey with Venus started um, when I left the church and moved into the, the realms of the strip club. And it's like the realms of the hustle, the intricate layers of social dynamics between men and women, between women and women, between all of the things in between. It was like seeing people with their masks on in full glory of all their archetypal, you know, projections of who they want themselves to be. And also like stripped, literally bare, naked, raw, drugged, drunk, um, uh, vulnerable in in ways w- with their masks seemingly off as well. And first, let's just take a little pause and bow down to the incredible intensity of your life story, right? Mm-hmm. The fact that you did grow up your first 18 years, like really hardcore into Christianity. I'll you, <laughs> okay, I'll let you tell it since you probably... No, 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 please keep going. I'm just saying, like a little bit of framing here. Like we're talking like hardcore evangelical, charismatic, Pentecostal, church five times a week kind of thing. And then broke with that, came from a small town to Portland, Oregon, and immediately was like, I'm going to go be a stripper. Dove straight, like headfirst into this, into this, um, to the shark infested waters. And, um, it was really interesting actually, because what happened was I was, I was going into debt and I was working two full-time jobs and going to nursing school. And I was like, you know what, if I'm going to get treated like a fucking prostitute, I'm going to be a prostitute. (laughs) I Googled strip clubs and there was one that you could keep your underwear on. And I was like, okay, I got this. You know, I never dressed undressed in front of like anyone, not even a friend before this. And so I just stepped right through the doors and I was like, how do I apply to be a stripper? And one thing that was very interesting about that time is I had had serpents, um, basically my whole life. And I had had two Medusa and Athena and I didn't actually know the mythology of Medusa and Athena, um, when I named them, but one was white and her name was Athena and one was dark and her name was Medusa. And actually in that mythology, Medusa and Athena are intricately linked, um, because Athena is the one that, um, cursed Medusa and birthed out of the cranium of Zeus really represents like the logical wisdom, calculating, um, oftentimes represented as Libra, um, archetype. And it's this like light version of the feminine and the, uh, a 
a beautiful daughter of patriarchy, at least Athena's later version as we know her now. And, and Medusa is obviously this like scary, wrathful creature that turns you into stone and is cursed for her sexuality, just like many of the other serpent goddesses um, that was also represented for healing and all of this, right? And so I ended up going by Athena like immediately, but yet taking on very much um, the mask or the persona personification of Medusa throughout this journey. And it was literally like walking into that club. Like I had never danced, like even in a dance club before, but something clicked. Like I woke up to like these past lives of like temple and courtesan and priestess and prostitute and all of these codes were really um, awakened inside of me. And I was studying psychology very heavily and astrology also. And so I was really able to bring that in to um, how I studied humans in this really fascinating way there. And um, I guess what I'm saying is that In that time, I've been taking my study with people, um, like with the astrological and psychological lens, and then also realizing like how close the church and the other like layers of society are like these microcosms or, or maybe like the strip club is the microcosm of these larger societies or larger groups. or the ways that we work within society, whereas like in the strip club, it's more open and we're like obviously doing this game, if you will. And, um, yet I think that in so many other parts of our lives of our societies, like we're doing that still, but like everyone's like in denial of it. And like some people know we're playing the game and then others are asleep and denying it. But a lot of people are still working their stuff underneath the tables of like underneath the table of the sex money power scorpionic realm. And so I I find that it, it was really interesting for me to when I started to ask like, okay, so like, what, what are we doing here on earth? Like what really, like, since being raised Christian, it's like, there's this sinful nature, right? There's this, there's something that happened that made us fall from the garden and learning about Venus, learning about Taurus and Libra. It's like the garden of Eden seems more like that, that feminine part of Venus, which is like this cornucopia, this abundance, this tantra with like spirit into the carnal, the fleshly body desires, you know, and making the temple within and without. And it's all about our worth. And when I'm like, as I'm working with clients over these last 12 years, I'm like, everything really boils down to this like incredible amount of shame and unworthiness, these deep wounds that all seeming addictions or codependence or traumas even seem to root themselves deep in our psyches around our ability to feel um, worthy. And I was like, I think that whatever's happened on earth is like an attack on Venus like Venus, it's like the theme has been Venus. It's like the fall is that, is like woven into that. And I feel like something about Christianity really like holds that grid here and also tells that story in a sense. And then I found out that Venus, her name was Lucifer and the morning star. 
night and the morning star and everything, the bringer of the light and all of these things that were throughout history attributed to the names of and the descriptions of Venus were directly taken and used as Lucifer, as the devil. And then the Garden of Eden with the serpent coming in and then tempting. And it's like all of the shame around our primal desires, the flesh desires, what is contrary to the spirit and the spirit, what is contrary to the flesh. So they do not get what they want and they're in constant conflict with each other. So it's teaching you to not trust what you want. Like don't trust your desires. Don't trust your body, you know, and saying that you got to pick up your cross and carry it and die to your flesh, die to those, those desires. And then I found out that Lucifer was not only Venus, but it was like the masculine Mars and the feminine Venus. So they're actually the same archetype, just in this masculine and feminine switch, right? Um, And so I think that's the way that like the patriarchy and the church, and I'm sure like maybe before. What do you mean Lucifer is masculine and feminine Venus? In a switch. references in Judaism texts that are also referencing Mars um, as Lucifer as well. And so I think that it's actually a, um, because if you think about it, Mars has been very much um, like attacked is a very strong word, but I, I would, I would say that like we have tried to um, like, don't trust your desires. If you do, then you're just going to be a selfish, like warmongering, um, raping sex fiend, um, heathen, you know, and it's like, it's very much like taking the parts that are intrinsically Mars and Venus and bastardizing them, separating them from their, you know, like their spirit essentially and their connection and then making it, um, as something that would be very vile and and opposite to God, right? Like opposite to anything enlightened instead of something that is actually like a way for us to know ourselves here on earth and be in relationship to not only the earth and our bodies, but also to spirit. Mm-hmm. You know, it's interesting. First of all, so much to say, and I know you weren't done, um, but do you want to go where you were going first or can I make some interjections? You can make some interjections and then I just want to wrap it around to the Venus and the, the Taurus Libra, but, but we can. Okay. Just a few. Go, and yeah. Then, then I, Cause that's where I want to go eventually. Basically it's so interesting when you say that so much of it comes down to unworthiness and that's really what I've seen in my work, you know, therapy do, with individuals and couples is if Venus is our desires and if it is also our ability to connect and merge, you know, if like Venus sort of draws us towards things, whereas Mars pulls us apart, I don't think that's entirely the only faces of Venus and Mars, but that's a lot how it gets classified. I think so much of what stops us in terms of really trusting ourselves, trusting the world, trusting other people so that we can actually open and connect is that way in which we're stuck in these self-reflexive loops of being like, I am unworthy. Therefore, I don't think you really love me. Therefore, I don't think this thing can really happen for me. And so it keeps us separate 
and it keeps the things that we desire out there. And the other thing that I would say, though, that's interesting is obviously the planets have their own exalted truth, right? But I think the way that kind of like the light of these planets disseminates here on earth and then through the human psyche, right? Like humans are little prisms and then the light of the planets is coming through. And so it might be in the nature of the prism, um, not necessarily, but I think that means there's something inherently in the specific light of each planet that it has this full spectrum. It has, it's what we call octaves, right? So it has these higher octaves that are like that pure, pure, true, most exalted version. And then it has every gradient of light and density down to the very bottom of just, you know, the most destructive shadow expression of these lower octaves that are coming out of it. So there might be some of it present in the planet itself. And then I think it hits human psyche and all of the octaves that we have and all the potential for both, you know, angelic and um, like super, super violent and destructive within us. And I wanted to use biblical imagery because I loved how you were weaving in biblical imagery, but I don't know enough about it. I was like angelic. And what's the other one? Demonic or something. (laughs) I love that you have to think about that. Your beautiful psyche must be so pure. (laughs) (laughs) So free from Judeo-Christian conditioning. I'm like, what's the bad one again? Like, in this weird end. Christian paradigm of good and bad and this dualistic lens of viewing all of reality. So that being said, I feel like um, something I love in terms of Jason Holly is he says moving away from masculine and feminine and thinking about it in terms of night and day. And so in that sense, Taurus would be like the night expression of Venus, where it does get to be about nourishment and sensually feeding. And I think about Taurus, the dancer, and we come back to our bodies at night as we sleep, we come back to the ways in which our organisms inherently know how to nurture themselves, right? We need sleep. And in that deep rest, like the yin caverns of our reservoirs are filled again by Venus. But then you think about Libra as like the daytime version of Venus, And all of that desire then becomes refracted through exchange, through external value in the market, through status, through social geometries, aesthetics, exactly. And um, I just think at any one of those points, you could have the part of Venus that comes in and isn't only that higher octave, but is, you know conniving manipulating calculating Mm -hmm. codependent oblivious to its own desires (laughs) and a lot of like actually where I do think that we get that um those qualities that we're speaking about right now in Libra is when it is separated from its counterpart, Aries, when it's separated from its own instinctual nature, its own desires, its own like motives and intentions. So where is it coming from? It's really hard to be responsible or to be accountable for what you're guiding and collaborating 
or pushing towards, guiding towards, right? If you're guiding a group of, of, of people or say you're guiding your daughter, just like, just because I care about you, honey, and I want the best for you. But if you're not aware of where these motives are coming from inside of yourself, then like, that's where it can get really blurry, right? Exactly. And, and I think that's where it's like, it's instead of seeing being connected to the inside of what, where I want, where my energy is going, Aries, you begin looking at things from the outside, Libra, right? The geometries, the arts, the aesthetics, the status, the constructing the image, the persona, right? It's all about how does this look from the outside? And I feel like that's so much of it lost and tripped up. Exactly. Yeah. And how can I manipulate the external of my own presentation in order to manipulate the external of this web of relationships to be able to get what I want? But even what I want then is in that hall of mirrors between, is it what I really want? Is it what looks good from the outside? Is it what others really want and how I need to be? You know, it's like, that's literally how Aries and Libra look to me is like these two mirrors facing off. And all of a sudden it becomes this infinite ping-ponging back and forth to the point where the individual is just completely disconnected and doesn't even understand anymore what's me and what's the other, what's truly coming from what I desire versus what it is that I think I should and who I think I should be and who I think I need to be in order to get it. Ping-pong, ping-pong. And that's where, like you're saying, this endless hall of mirrors is because it makes it so like there's so many intricate illusions that the illusions start feeding the illusions and the illusions are feeding those illusions. And then it's like, that's why there's like whole form, like societies and families and relationships and all of that, that are, are so like, there's so many, um, like, like so many transformations before they can get down to like anything that could be even potentially considered real anymore because if they've been playing on top of illusion after illusion after illusion and I think that that's where like the highest octave of the planets like this the Pluto for instance with Mars and the Neptune with Venus is such a powerful um powerful ally because it's like when when we have these tendencies like there's these other like octaves but other planetary and other archetypal um like zodiacs you know the archetypes of the zodiac that comes in to like flesh those out and also um be the antidote for some of these really lower octave illusory cycles that they get stuck in but I also think what's challenging about, you know, I focus a lot on Christianity, but I also think like just the patriarchy in general and just like, you know, maybe many different kinds of um, organized religions and different cultures that have put, I think that specifically Christianity, though, I can see it very clearly, mm-hmm. but I think that they've taken the actual code of, um, or the frequency of, say, Venus and Mars or even Christ consciousness itself. And they've, and then if you want to think of Christ consciousness, that's connected to Neptune and Pisces. So if you think about those frequencies being co-opted and contorted into their absolute lowest and traumatizing like thousands or millions of people in order to then have like what you're saying, like that, like 
fractal hits earth and then hits our human psyche. But because we've been gridded, like imprinted, programmed with this octave of Venus, if you will, just to simplify it, this octave of Venus and traumatized through generations and generations to then reinforce that frequent, that lower octave of Venus. And then we create a system of all the corporations and the governments and the, you know, the capitalism to enforce that as well. Then it's like, it's really hard actually for the humans to break free of those illusions because it's just, it's so embedded. And then all the structures around reinforce that um, like expression Mm-hmm. of the archetype. So I see it almost in, in a sense that like, if there's a prism and like Venus comes through and shines through that prism, it's, it's going to like hit our bodies and immediately trigger mm. all of these like cultural programs, karmic shame, wound imprints and, and current capitalist programs that need to be about val- that you value this you're unworthy if you're not this and, and all of that. This is bad. Mm -hmm. Totally. Yes. 100%. We're not starting from zero up here on planet earth. 2022. Say no tabla rasa. Say no blank canvas. Like we are like, like we are just pulling ourselves through this morphogenetic field that is so thick with psychic inheritance. It is like, trenching through the muck up in here, you know? So yes, 100%. I I agree. And that's what even, you know, I think there's something very true to the, to the archetype of Venus, that it is about attraction, that it is about preferences, right? I like this. I don't like this. Like for me, both Mars and Venus kind of have that power of being able to say yes and no. Like I feel like drawn towards, I feel like I want to push away from, you know, like, um, which is intrinsic. If you think about just like the journey of our soul and our, like our body and our ego, like going through this journey to like evolve our soul. Mm -hmm. If those two things get co-opted, our ability to go towards our desires and our ability to like, um, move away or say no, or, or not be attracted to a certain thing where we're not meant to be, you know, and it's, it's something as simple as like, I like, I don't like is co-opted yeah. like you're saying by like taking a human psyche and just embedding it in this grid where being able to connect to those very simple core things become so infiltrated by these other forces. And one thing that I really find so disturbing about um, like this recent pattern that I've been tracking with me, like the, the Venus archetypes, um, specifically with Libra, but, but just the, when, when I feel into like, you know, the Christianity, how they, like, they really went in and, and attacked all earth-based religions and indigenous cultures and, um, you know, the, like the pagans, they would even like the pan and any of like the earth marriage rituals were, were, attacked, you know, we're really like oppressed in this really grotesque and and horrendously traumatized way. Genocided worldwide. Worldwide. And so to me, it's like, it's, it's like attack sounds intense, but it's like, it was like a deliberate attack on 
that our relationship to the earth in its masculine and feminine form. Yeah, I don't think attacked is is a strong word <laughs> all compared to what happened. Maybe it's not strong right. enough. I don't think any words we could come up with would actually be strong enough for the level of violence and like I said full-blown genocide. Right. Full-blown genocide and like strategic um like disgusting methods of of shutting down and stripping and yeah I just and it's it's horrendous what what has happened to all the humans but I think that when we really understand that it had a lot to do with separating us from our nature spirits from like a lot of the witches were actually killed for their alliance, like their allegiance with the fairies and the elf elven realms, like any rhetorics that were like known from that realm, they would like, that would give them reason to, to kill them. Um, and and not like only the practice herbal medicine. Exactly. Practicing herbal medicine was enough to murder someone. And, and for all of our listeners, I'm sure y'all know, the witch trials were not something that happened just in Salem, Massachusetts to like 50 people. This was centuries of it was 100,000 murder. 100,000 women and gay men and all across Europe, all across the United States, for centuries. And actually, oh, sorry, what were you saying? I'm going to say, not to mention all of the medicine people and folks who facilitated the bridge between the humans and the earth spirits all over the world. I'm just saying, I'm sure y'all know, but I just think it bears repeating. Yeah. And actually the book that is responsible, it's called The Maleficent. Maleficus Magna Carum. I hope I'm pronouncing that right. Um, but it was the the book that is largely responsible, and it was the number uh, number two most popular book in all of the different European countries at that time. And it was specifically taken a lot from the Bible. It was pr- promoted by the church. The man that wrote it, I don't remember his fucked up name, but was, um, um, was a part of the church. I believe he was German. And so it was the Bible that was the most popular book at the time. And the second being the Maleficus Magna Carum. And those, that, those are the two books responsible for the mass genocide of all of the herbalists, witches, and midwives of 100,000 documented, and they say it's probably closer to 200,000. I'm sure. Or more. Or more. We could do another episode on this. If y'all just look at that book, it is absolutely insane. This guy is a raving lunatic. It's like Mein Kampf times 100. He like actually kept women in his basement and systematically tortured them and then like shared the ways that he tortured this woman who he thought was a witch in the book is like a, Hey, everyone should do this. And everyone said, yes, we should. And they bought that book and they systematically went about doing that through the church, through the state and through all their fucked up social rules, which is 
strangely and paradoxically intersectional with Libra. How do you see that? Because it's about society and status, and it's about the implementation of what is viewed as truth and justice in order to restore the natural harmony, which just shows it's susceptible to whatever social harmony is at any given moment. There is something in that Libra archetype that will try to harmonize with it, which comes with tremendous gifts and then also a lot of really fucked up shadow stuff. Right. Very interesting about that too. Um, I, I don't know the details around this as much, but I, was, but I was speaking to a friend and she was saying that actually a lot of the witch, the witch um, hunting started from the old like women that were that basically what, what is it when your husband dies you're a widow <laughs> the oh. widow mm-hmm. um but there's like it was like the courtesans were getting a lot of social power at the time and the widows were also getting social power because their husbands would die um they would know, inherit the money they would the inherit wealth, the land the real estate they were coming and- up and they wouldn't have to marry again. And so the women were having a voice and, and, and social power where, and they didn't have to answer to a man. They didn't have to be under the rule of their husbands. And so for the first time, that's when the rise of the woman started. And this is why the attack uh, and genocide, it was a femicide is what they call it, you know? Um, and anyways, I, I just think the reason that's interesting with Libras is because I feel like Libra really rules that kind of courtesan court, um, social dynamics, like being able to like really weave in and out of different things and, and play this like supporting quote unquote supporting role in order to like, imagine the woman like, okay, like I can't be the king. So I'm going to seduce the king and I'm going to seduce all the other people around. And then I will have like the secrets and the stories and I will put my in personal desires or like say the desires of like whatever group I'm, uh, you know, allied to into the, um, the mind of those that I seduce. And that's why I do feel like Libra has those two archetypes inside it, like the courtesan and the courtier right? Because the courtesan is able to get power. And also some, if a woman's like, I can't be the king, but I can marry the king's cousin and I can join the court. And then I can have this soft power and I can befriend all these people and I can map the system, play the system, win the game through these other channels. And both of those to me are so core to that archetype of Libra. Absolutely. You're harmonizing with the social system around in order to gain power, status, prestige, influence within it. Absolutely. It's like social energetic chess. Yeah. You know, it's like the strategic like invitation here and like subtle movement here and subtle movement here. And then, oh, I'm deep into your chambers now and you're fucked. <laughs> like, and I think there's a place where those two archetypes meet. We have to wrap up in about five minutes, but... Um, I think so much of it, you know, Carolyn Mice, she wrote Energetic Anatomy and she says we all kind of have four, she's brilliant by the way, but she says we all kind of have four core archetypes that run through all of us. And one is an inner victim, one is a child, one is 
um, something else. And one is the prostitute because we all have that place where we will compromise in order to survive, right? We are social creatures. We can't just be, you know, or it's incredibly difficult if you were really just going to like 100% say, fuck it and do whatever you wanted to do and live outside of capitalism and follow only your own instincts and desires, right? We all have those places in order to survive, in order to become socialized where we compromise. And to me, and she calls those the prostitute. And for me, whether you're being a courtesan or a courtier, it's like you are engaging in that type of compromise in order to survive. And so much of what we've talked about in the discussion of Libra and of and Taurus and of Venus is that there are people when they're running some element of Venus process where you can see a little bit of that inner prostitute coming Absolutely. out. You can see the person who's like taking the contract in order to make money and is going to do so with a smile on their face and a lot of social graces and morph into the perfect companion for whoever it is that's writing the checks. Mm -hmm. And they are channeling some of that Venusian energy in order to do what they need to do and organize themselves accordingly in order to get by. Absolutely. And I think what's so interesting, and I know we're almost out of time, but I think what's so fascinating about just what we're speaking about and like the, the dynamics between capitalism and the patriarchy and like women, how they've been able to even like get a little bit of power through the last couple thousand years, just like in the last couple, like 50 years, um, through a lot of these Libran kind of dynamics that we're speaking about. And I think that when we, we spoke about the witches, like so much of like this, you know, like what they attacked had a lot to do with like not only like the relationship to the earth, but like the relationship, like the, the sucklings, like the animals counterparts and, and, and the plants. And it's just like all of these dynamics that like merge human and earth, mm-hmm. um, human mineral, human plant, human animal, um, dynamics. And, and they made that grotesque and evil and vile. And, um, and I think that that is so interesting because now when I'm seeing a lot of this Libran dynamic that we're talking about, like it's, it's very masterful and being able to construct, you know, construct the web of social and energetic, um, dynamics, especially in order to, um, promote a cause or like you're saying, promote survival, um, which is like a relationship to Taurus, right? Taurus is about our survival. But, um, I think that, when we are under the guise, like when you're speaking about those women that have these really strong Libra codes, or even just when they're in that role, um, how you can see that, that masterminding prostitute, like come out, um, and no shame on prostitutes or, um, None. and no shame even that, in the game, no shame even for having yeah. codes at yeah. all, sacred, all of it sacred, all of it. And yet very dangerous when that filter has been given capitalism and patriarchy for um, thousands of years, because I'm seeing that the like masculine side of Venus being the Libra, it's, it's like now starting to like take some of the dynamics of like the goddess and feminine and like things that we do, like even just like how Hollywood has always taken like the sub 
like minority groups and taken that and be like, we, we value something else, but we're going to take all of this talent and all of um, this dance and this culture and these usually are, are very earth-based, you know, very close to primal and earth-based um, beauty. And we're going to take that and monetize it. You know, we're going to take that and, and, and make it work for us. And I'm seeing like a lot of um, people in general um, taking the energy of, of the feminine, of, of the earth and of like the goddess and like opening up your sensuality and spirituality and um, the psychedelic essence of the earth and all of her, her glory also. And, and using that Libra and filter can easily make it actually benefit the patriarchy and, you know, benefit it. And again, just to say again, no shame, right? Like I think like for a lot of way, for a long time, the ways for women to get power was to play into patriarchy, was to like, you know, look the part, be desirable, do whatever you have to do, like respect. And um, for all the ways in which we, you know, find to move through this life. But it's interesting too, because I think when, you take those qualities of Venus and they go from maybe being more Taurus earth to being more Libra air. And they go from the body more to the mind and to the interactional relational field. It stops looking as, um, it stops looking as sensual. It starts looking more masculine, right? Like I think about Kim Kardashian, Libra, Aphrodite symbology of our era. And she, to me, is so, like, talk about someone from the outside in, like, just so composed, right? Perfect image, glam squad all the time, just, like, every hair in place, all these things, like, perfectly tailored, her house, her family, her whatever. And she's, like, you know, just seems so masculine to me. But I think it's partly, I know there's so much, like, slippage and problematic use in those words or whatever, but I think part of it is, like, it starts feeling intellectual. It starts feeling like really stiff. It starts feeling strategic. Right. And when it's for yourself, like that's why it's like, you're you're like respect, no shame to it. And yeah, like if she wants to just do it for herself, but where I think that I'm like wanting to like, you know, fucking serpent strike in that and like get, start getting into this pattern is like when it's the, what you're calling the masculine narcissist, like intellectual, part taking the body but like I don't care if it's your own body do what the fuck you want but like when you start enslaving and monetizing like all things like beauty and spiritually and like earth based and all the other creatures and all the other like women's essences around you are all you know all of that that's mm-hmm. when I'm like oh that's problematic you know totally. and then you're just when gonna go straight into the grid like what does Kim K do she starts a shapewear company that's like hella toxic materials go into the fabric like completely not humane she's wearing like dances for the like people that have been you know murdered in grotesque ways around her neck and like knows that everyone's watching that like all these little kids want to get the things that she's getting and she just like she has no shame around what she uses and promotes and, and then Eating that back into the grid of like body hashtag body goals of what everyone should do that keeps us like more enslaved. But here, I feel like you're going to like bring it full 
back around to something about Venus and Mars when you're talking about Lucifer, when I was like, I want to interject and you said, yeah, but I want to bring it back around. Oh no. I just was actually wanting to like where exactly where we went was just to speak about the, the masculine part of Venus being, um, you know, the Libran part of it and how, when it's given the filter and the experience, like I already said about the patriarchy and, and capitalism, um, and, and already thousands of years of us enslaving and, um, extracting is, is really the perfect word, extracting from the earth, extracting from these really Venusian Taurus realms. Um, I just think it's extremely, problematic when you said it perfectly it's like it becomes so intellectual that it's actually cut what I imagine is like the most beautiful like belly dancer who's like dancing in this way that her body looks like a serpent you know her body like moves the energy of like all this primal deep like ancient temple serpent dragon realms that are like so a part of the fucking volcanoes of the earth you know and and yet there's no connection to the actual it's like they're using the energy sometimes to like imagine Salma Hayek with the giant serpent in that movie like it's you know no offense to anyone that can watch that and think that it's sexy but for me it's like a super traumatizing moment to try to watch that because like it's perfect like her rendition of that she was not connected to the serpent she was in my opinion not connected to the energy of what she was doing but her body and everything that she was doing looked as if it was and I feel like that's what and all those men around it's like they long for that and they were like you know consuming it Mm. but it's not it you know it's like they're taking from it but nobody's really offering the deep connection and also like the deep um like offering and, and, and honoring. And from actually what being connected. From. Yes. Actually being connected to the energy, actually being connected to the realms. I think this is like, you know, where Libra can be about appearances. It can be about surfaces and we live in the era of surfaces. Like we can take a certain kind of plastic and put it through a certain kind of process and make a bowl that we charge 99 cents for at target that actually looks like something that people would have made with their hands and connection with like, you know, clay from the earth from a long time ago, but it's not it. And like what we lose, what we gain in that process is like, everyone can afford a beautiful bowl, but what we lose in that process is like actual connection to the deep realms and the deep energetic relationships of true communion. And really true dismantling, like, consistent (laughs) dismantling decolonizing of these constructs that would have us be extracting would have us be intellectualizing to extract and monetize is necessary in order to be able to even experience the higher octave of what's the power of the masculine part of venus in libra 
with that intellect, with the ability to see the social dynamics and energetic tapestries and how that really does facilitate the collaboration and the worship of all things Taurus and and Venus and Earth related, you know, and like something that would actually give maybe those men that were craving that something real and something false. And then the women that are doing it or, or anyone for that matter that are doing those acts that they would actually receive and be like nourished from that instead of left hollow as well. You know, it's like, we're really just taking from ourselves when, when we experience this. Um, and like we were saying, those hollow mirrors, those illusions, those addictions, um, because people do really crave, but I think that these programs really keep us from ever being open to creating or participating or collaborating in something that would facilitate that kind of relationship. Yeah, I love that you brought it back to the higher octave of Libra because I feel like it could be like Venus in an air sign, Venus in that like web of relations. It could be heaven on earth. It could be like all of us coexisting, like all of us really being moved by those gorgeous values of beauty and truth and harmony and creating something truly magnificent. Well, yeah. I do love tripping out with you <laughs> forever and ever. There's so much more to say, but thankfully we get to do our next podcast. So thank you so much for being so awesome. Thank you. Amazing listeners. We hope to catch you next time.